We have to go back! Recording. Recording. Ooh, what if we did that so perfectly? That it doubtful. <laughs> so, but that would be great, and we it should keep it. Yeah, because it never happens. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And today we are reviewing the Steven Spielberg 1993 dinosaur movie that everyone knows and loves. We're reviewing We're Back, a dinosaur story. Uh, Ricky, if I may, it's We're Back, exclamation mark, a dinosaur story. Now, here's the thing. First little thing that threw me off. It's a dinosaurs. Yes, possessive S. It's easy to miss. When I first saw that, I felt betrayed Mm -hmm. for my entire life. I've called it a dinosaur story because why wouldn't I? Yeah, see, it's like Rogue One, a Star Wars' story. (laughs) The story belongs to all of the Star Warses. Yes. No, that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And we're reviewing this movie because, of course, Jurassic World is hitting theaters and we love to... Just do what's slightly unexpected. Uh, And also, like, the timing is perfect. So this movie did come out the same year that Jurassic Park did. Yeah, Jurassic Park came out in June, and this came out in November. And both Steven Spielberg, although technically Spielberg only executive produced this. But But he was so on top of it, he even put a Jurassic Park marquee in the movie. Yeah, which... uh, is not easy to do. No, it's really the film equivalent of Babe Ruth pointing to the outfield and just saying, I'm I'm going to hit this home run. Mm-hmm. So nothing mm-hmm. you can do about it. Yep. Yeah. It's in exactly there. Exactly that. Yeah, yeah. So in case you um, have the other dinosaur movie stuck in your head when it comes to what this movie is all about, We're Back at Dinosaurs story uh, was Steven Spielberg's other dinosaur movie all about a quartet of dinosaurs who sang um and they have newfound intelligence due to uh the best mark twain cosplayer uh, captain new eyes uh and they travel to middle future to fulfill the wishes of children in new york city because in 1993 all children are wishing for is not world peace some of them want friends like the main character he just wants a friend but an odd amount of kids just want to see dinosaurs. That's that's yeah. what I wrote down in my notes. Why so many kids wishing for dinosaurs? Yeah. But the dinosaur squad um, run into some runaway children, uh, and then they have to save the day because Captain New Eyes' evil brother, Captain Screw-Eye, which is just mean. It's, isn't it? Is it Captain or Doctor? Because like I felt doctor. like that... Is Captain New Eyes, Doctor Screw Eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just took different career paths. One is a captain, and the other one got his PhD in villainy. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, they all learn a lesson about fr- family. Friendship? Oh, you got you got that from that. <laughs> I'm just reading what IMDb is telling me the movie's about. Yeah, they learn uh, lessons. Now, the movie is based off of. Or loosely based off of a children's book by the same title by Hudson Talbot. So the original story kind of follows the same plot-ish with the exception of 
the dark circus, um, the violence, uh, the birds. That's the story of We're Back, a dinosaur story. But it actually was a three-part series book. Um, So the sequel was called Your Pet Dinosaur, an Owner's Manual. And the last one was called Going Hollywood, a Dinosaur's Dream, focusing all on Rex and the gang uh, having their life story being adapted into a movie. And so that's what the source material is based on. And I didn't know that this was based off of a book, so I thought that that was really interesting. Much like Jurassic Park. (laughs) Steven Spielberg was reading a lot of dinosaur books yeah i have always said that hudson talbot is the children's book equivalent of michael Crichton. you end all of our phone calls like that that's exactly what you say yeah yeah, i always say yeah i'll be around six and uh, hudson talbot is the children's book equivalent of michael Crichton. Mm -hmm, all right mm -hmm, yep yeah (laughs) now to promote this movie you know rex's big roll back the rock song that happened during the macy's day parade with several copywritten characters Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a regular uh, Ferris Bueller. Yes, exactly. Uh, One of the promotional stunts for the film was a giant Rex balloon in the actual 1993 Macy's Day Parade. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. But unfortunately, uh, his head got popped by a street lamp. Uh, You know, like most dinosaurs. and um, We all thought it was meteors or meteorites or the ice age it was really street lamps yep it's always street lamps so what they do they just did they keep the body going or did the whole thing deflate yes yes they did they just dragged a headless dinosaur around new york oh robot the rock yes absolutely that's exactly what they did (laughs) that's gonna catch the eye and uh in the movie did not perform as well in the box office uh it Though the budget is unknown, uh, sources have said that it is a box office flop because it only made $9 million in the box office after being uh, in theaters in a wide release for like several weeks, I think up to five weeks. Mm. Uh, but it had a second life on VHS, which is how I watched the movie uh, oh. growing up. And that's how I know about the movie more than anything else is watching it. There. And I did not know that this was John Goodman's first animated theatrical film debut. Whoa. So without yeah. this, we don't get Monsters, Inc. No. It was this movie of John Goodman playing an otherwise giant, uh, terrifying creature, uh, making him a warm, lovable, giant creature. Without this role, he wouldn't have definitely had a type. No Monsters, Inc. No Jungle Book 2, you know, the movie that people definitely watched. Mm-hmm. Um, or... Um, no uh, Roseanne reboot. <laughs> is it too soon? It feels like it's too soon. We wouldn't have any of those things <laughs> if it weren't for We're Back, a dinosaur story. I think the most fun fact about this movie is the cast. So you mentioned John Goodman, who, who carries a lot of this. But you also get a mix of people that you would never think to really cast together in an animated film. Uh, like the mother bird is Rhea Perlman, um, who we've seen in Matilda. Uh, the alien Vorb is Jay Leno. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, already we're starting off 
in, in a crazy place. Um, but it is yeah. 93 at the height of Jay Leno's voiceover career. Yeah, like, did you? Did they just, like, walk down uh, 30 Rock and just be like, hmm, who else can we get? A, a Walter Cronkite. Walter Cronkite is Captain New Eyes, yeah. What do you go to? Uh, Dr. Bleeb was Julia Child. Uh, Larry King played himself, as he's wont to do. Um, but I think... Mm-hmm. Oh, well, there's Martin Short as Stubbs the Clown, which Martin Short in an animated film is always going to be great. It's also going to be great when he's not animated. Martin Short is just great. So I really hope years from now he doesn't do something to make us regret saying this on the podcast. A real Roseanne reboot on our hands. (laughs) But maybe one of my favorite uh, cast members in this, uh, he has a very small part compared to everyone else but charles fleischer as dweeb he's the green kind of dopey dinosaur uh charles fleischer we have seen twice over on the podcast uh once as roger rabbit in who framed roger rabbit and uh in the very first episode of the flashback flicks retro movie podcast we saw him as terry in back to the future 2 he's the guy that says I just wish I could go back to the start of the season and put some money on the Cubbies. That's Charles Fleischer. That's no Charles Fleischer. Yeah. You start all of our phone calls with that quote. <laughs> you got to start it with the Cubbies and you got to end it with Crichton. Yes. <laughs> that's amazing. So that that's fun to see him. When, every time he pops up, it's like, oh, Charles, you're back. Yeah. We're back. Exclamation a mark. A dinosaur's <laughs> possessive story. So um, another fun fact, speaking of the cast, originally this movie uh, was promoted with uh, having John Malkovich playing Screw Eyes, but he left due to um, constant script rewrites and uh, ultimately just creative differences with the film. Um, and he he just felt very strongly about the movie not being to his liking, so he... He's been quoted several times citing this movie about like, why times. he left Hollywood. Why he left Hollywood? But he did stuff after this. Yeah, well, uh, this is more so like a 2003 uh, um, era. Why I left Hollywood Boulevard. I just went a <laughs> yes. couple streets over, yeah. found another job. Well, I would have guessed that John Malkovich played like the pterodactyl, um, just typecasting. Yeah. Uh, I saw him in real life one time, and... He looked like a living pterodactyl. He's a very <laughs> tall, angular man. So it's a shame what it could have been. He yeah. really could have. I think he. I think the movie probably would have been bumped from a uh, G to a PG if John Malkovich had done it. Not because he would have like dropped f bombs or anything, but I think it just would have been too scary. Oh um, yeah, absolutely. At, I mean, Screw Eyes alone is already terrifying, but you back that with Malkovich. Oh, it's too much. He just lays into stubs after the routine. You call that clowning? A true clown can make the audience weep. <laughs> now, uh, when was the first time that you watched this movie, Grayson? Man, it was last night. No way! So, there is one very specific reason why I have never seen this movie. Mm-hmm. And that's because this whole time... I thought it was a sequel to another movie I had not seen. It's called We're Back. Where were they originally? I thought this was like part two of some dinosaur thing. And it's like, ah, I'm just not part of that franchise. Honestly, 
this whole time, thought this was a sequel, didn't see it. Wow. Yeah, like you thought that this was the land before time, like all grown up after years kind yeah. of thing. Like, oh, I got to see all the other 15 land before time movies before I see we're back. Yeah, because the cover is just all the dinosaurs and it says we're back, which True. who knows? Could be the tagline, could be the title. I know it's the title, but still, even if it is the title, I assume that you're referring to some events that I did not see in a previous movie. So, uh, yeah, just never saw it. It's like, well, missed the train, yeah, missed missed the we're back train. Almost as almost if like Jurassic Park was called the sequel. If Jurassic Park was called like Return to the Island or something like that, you'd be like, okay, well, um, I didn't see when they went to the island the first time, so there's no way I'm really gonna return. Yeah, but yeah, that's why I never saw it. Thought it was a sequel. I watch this movie quite a bit. This is uh part of my daycare series. I watch this movie yes. quite a bit. Um, not the, not quite the YMCA, but earlier. Um, and we, I just watched this movie a ton of times and I, I remember prior to watching it this time, I remember in college, I actually saw it on DVD. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is such a great movie. And I watched it and I was so upset because (laughs) there's one thing that bothers me in this movie and that is just physics. Uh, when he is fishing the dinosaur out of the water with a crane um it's the bull it's like it's tipping over and because it's a giant t-rex but then nay five minutes later this dinosaur is using a pickup truck as a skateboard to just skateboard (laughs) i'm just like this doesn't make any sense i was just so upset with that uh, but now you see, Ricky, it's all part of, you know, when they got sucked up into the machine, it, right. it adjusted their molecular structure. You see chaos theory. That yes. makes more sense. Okay. Uh- <laughs> yes. Physics finds a way. Yeah. Physics finds a way. Um, but I remember loving this movie as a kid uh, and being terrified of screw eye. Oh, oh yeah. Guy my... has a screw in his eye. Like, I remember there are so many animated movies as a kid, like Roger Rabbit included, that just gave me actual all of the nightmares. Just like, huh, well, um, I wasn't really afraid of birds until I saw We're Back a Dinosaur Story. I'm like... Did they just eat him? And apparently there's a deleted scene where he explains how um, he lost his eye from a crow. Um, And the reason why he tries to exploit other people's fear is that it kind of helps him cope with his. Um, And that was like a whole thing that got deleted ultimately because now it makes sense as like why he got eaten at the end. He's like, oh, no, I'm alone and not with anyone else. I'm kind of faced with my own demons and then the birds just assemble on his person and then leave only the screw behind. And that was terrifying. Well, that's incredibly dark. Roll back the rock. Like, yeah. (laughs) I, I, but I, I remember really, really enjoying this movie. Um, because I remember I was definitely terrified of Jurassic Park. I remember one time, um, my parents took me through Circuit City because, it was 1994, um, and it was on VHS. And I remember they had the dinosaur scene of, um, you know, the dinosaur scene in Jurassic Park. Uh, that, <laughs> the that one, one yeah. <laughs> with the T-Rex and his eye looking through 
the little window. Oh, that yeah. scene alone terrified me. I had several nightmares. I remember there's a Burger King tie-in commercial with that scene. It was like, it's a parody. And I had nightmares about dinosaurs. Uh, and we're back at dinosaur store. It was like, oh, dinosaurs can be f- fun or your, f- your friend. <laughs> I was like, I much prefer this. And it had Lisa Simpson in it. Uh, oh. so, so that was... That was cool. One of the things I noticed this time around that I didn't realize before was how the movie was trying to... So I don't know why this was a theme. And maybe this was just the um, the climate in the 90s. I remember watching Pokemon, the first movie. Uh, very presumptuous. And the show Pokemon is all about people taking their tiny little animal creatures and fighting other tiny animal creatures. And the whole message of the Pokemon, the first movie, was, oh, fighting's bad, you guys. Like, look, these guys are just senselessly fighting each other. Fighting's not good. I'm like, but isn't that the whole point of Pokemon? Like, that's... That's the point. That's the point. And so, it'd be like if there were a Captain Planet movie, and he was like, "Climate change is a myth." (laughs) That's exactly what it would be like. Uh, And and so, in "We're Back at Dinosaur Story," uh, part of the message is like, "Hey, I sure was ignorant when I was a carnivore, um, but let's eat these hot dogs." <laughs> um, the whole thing is just... someone else killed it. It's okay. <laughs> no blood on my hands. Um, and also, like, family is important. And I was just so confused by like both of these themes. Be like, I because when I first saw it as a kid, I'm just like, what a fun little adventure of dinosaurs trying to make their way to New York. And wow, they sure are friendly to that kid. The end. Like, that's all I picked up. Mm-hmm. Um, but this time I was like, oh, I guess there's this message of family and how terrible Lisa Simpson's family is because she was sitting alone at the family night. Now, who took that picture? <laughs> who who took that picture and who framed it? Who said, you know what? Let me hang up this very lonely picture of my daughter without her family. Yeah. That's what it should be called. Who framed Lisa Simpson? <laughs> and and so like that whole sense of family, I was just like, oh, well, that, that's a really kind of bizarre thing because the dinosaurs themselves don't necessarily really form a family. They're just kind of like there together. Yeah. Um, and I think that that would have been interesting to see if they would have learned about that together and then kind of flesh out a little bit more. My realizations are only like 24 hours later after seeing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just realized none of them are the same species. So dinosaurs are going to go extinct again. There's actually a deleted scene where they actually explain that. Dino DNA. <laughs> it's time to bring back something else. It's something that hasn't been around for a really long time, but oh. I found an artifact and it's called... Headcanon! Headcanon. Headcanon is a part of the show where we share a few unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. Now, Grayson. 
So I really have uh, three quick headcanons. Because uh, I did the thing again where I got three mini headcanons. I'm going to Voltron them to be one, the value of one headcanon. But they don't connect together. So unlike Voltron. Anyway, my first one, my favorite one, I'm going to start with the best one in my opinion, um, is that Captain New Eyes and Dr. Screw Eyes, they are definitely brothers, but this is uh, a sequel to the Back to the Future trilogy, that they are Jules and Vern, uh, Doc Brown's children. So uh, they have grown up, they've traveled through time, they're old men now, which is why they look like Doc Brown. Uh, and they have grown diametrically apart, uh, and that they, uh, they have this ability to travel through time and they've just used it differently. Something you said also connected to this headcanon, uh, and that's the, uh, the sad picture frame with the girl just sitting alone. It's exactly framed whenever her parents like fade into it, very much like the reversal of the pictures that are used in Back to the Future whenever the timeline is changed. Mm. Um, so I don't know what to do with that other than the fact that this is in the Back to the Future universe uh, in the sense it's taken years after, I mean, in our time, it would only be three years after the last film, but um, they have changed the timeline in some way to where her parents aren't just more attentive now. They like actually were there all along because of it. And so that that kind of like course corrected the timeline. But I just like the idea that we're seeing Jules and Vern uh, kind of battle it out here. Uh, my second mini headcanon is that um, he's called Captain New Eyes because he has traveled to the future, or is like from the future, um, but that future is specifically the Minority Report future where he has done something terrible and had to replace his eyes, and that's why he's Captain New Eyes. <laughs> Uh, and I guess Dr. Screw Eyes could only afford like half the surgery. My final one, my final mini headcanon here, and this doesn't really make uh, a ton of sense, but that Captain New Eyes is Louis in the future, that he is a grown up version of Louis. Um, the New Eyes is very metaphorical. He sees the world through New Eyes, that kind of thing. Um, and that Louis was running away to the circus after his brother's death. Uh, like in 1993 and that he spent all this time kind of coping with his brother's death. And so that Captain Screw Eyes is actually more of like a psychic manifestation of his deceased brother. And when we see the crows swarm in on him and disappear, that's actually like Captain New Eyes having this cathartic release, but we never really see what like what the catalyst was for Louis to run away uh, as far as I remember. So uh, it would just be like his family has fallen apart after the death of his younger brother or twin brother or whatever it is. Uh, and after years of like traveling through time and everything like that, he's pinpointed this one period where he could have caused this chain reaction of wishes that would course correct what was a sad life for both Captain New Eyes. Uh, and uh, I guess there's I guess not really saving Dr. Screw Eyes here, but it helps uh, Captain New Eyes throughout his uh, uh, new timeline, basically. Anyway, that's all I got. There are three like real small head cannons that just kind of tweak the way that you look at the story. I like it a lot. Those are really solid. Grayson, tell me if this sounds familiar. An eccentric old man with a time machine goes back in time to grant wishes for children. Mm, Santa Claus. You know what? 
I change everything. It's Santa Claus. <laughs> no. So what, what, what do you got? I have the name of a doctor. Doctor Who. Oh. Uh, my headcanon is like, not that he is that um, Captain New Eyes is the doctor, but mm-hmm. another rogue time lord. I see. Um, so Screw Eyes isn't the master necessarily. No. No, because 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 of the lineage, because that mm-hmm. they are actually brothers. Yeah. Um, I think that they do have a similar Doctor Master dynamic, but yeah. um, I think that basically the uh, it's the idea that like, in the end of this Time Lord's um, basically cycle, he's like, listen, I invented this really cool thing, and it's great, and it's the fact that they came from space. Like I didn't realize that before mm. that they came from space to earth he's like hey listen all these kids want this thing and this is the thing i'm doing with all my fortune like i'm doing all these different really cool things and so yeah that's uh that's the thing is that it's that's a great. doctor a doctor master dynamic but that they both are time lords and that they are very very they're actually like hundreds if not thousands of years old that's solid that's like that's the best um and that the chameleon circuit is like really not working and that it has no masking. That's why it's a huge ship. Right. I also want to take that and explain the, the screw eye then that Dr. Screw, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, that Dr. Screw eyes then would probably be the original one of these rogue time Lords in some fight, his eye got like plucked out or removed and then regenerated to be Captain New Eyes. Ooh. And that's why they are like, quote unquote, brothers. And why uh. Dr. Screw Eyes does not have like both of his eyes. Um, but yeah, that could be even a, a thing in their, in their backstory that they actually came from the same person. All right. Now we're going to go to the part of the show where we talk about we're backs and rebacks. <laughs> <laughs> I was in trouble like three words in. Uh, yeah, recast and rebake. Uh, yeah. tried to tie it in, it didn't work. Uh, so if this movie were to be remade today, uh, who'd you cast and what would the storyline be? I personally would not like to see this as a movie, but an animated series. Mm. Um, just with you know, dinosaurs doing stuff and modern day stuff. Um, just like we're back. A dinosaur series uh, would be fun to oh, see. Oh, that'd be good, yeah. Um, where they just basically just do all these different things. Like, hey, kids have a lot of dinosaur-based wishes, so you guys are going to star in a rock concert or, mm. I don't know, something else. Like, uh, you know how Black Mirror uh, is terrifying? What if they did, like, a kid's version of Black Mirror, but with we're back a dinosaur story? I think that'd be a very confusing pitch meeting. No, it's called We're Back Mirror, a dinosaur story. Uh, no, that'd be great. I, I like the idea of them in different scenarios, different locations, like like the rock concert or uh, like first day of school or something like that. Like, <laughs> it could be interesting. Josh Brolin as, um, as, Rex, as Rex, I think would be great. Yeah. Um, it's like, this does put a smile on my face. <laughs> I'm still terrified of you. Yeah. Still terrified. Yeah. I think Phil Lamar, uh, who has voiced Static, 
um, and um, Hermes from Futurama, um, and several other, like, he's just a very prominent and famous voice actor. I think he would be really great as um, Dweeb mm-hmm. or Oog. And, and then for the kid, um, I would love for um, Joseph Gordon-Lovett uh, to do his best season one Luke from Modern Family impression. <laughs> I just think that that would be very solid. Um, and then for the pterodactyl, um, Ellie Kemper. And, oh, no, I would want Ellie Kemper to be uh, Lisa Simpson. And Jane Krakowski as the pterodactyl. Nice. Um, I really only recasted Rex and Louie, um, and then I'll go into how I would remake it. So for Rex, I just want Patrick Warburton uh, in everything. And for Louie, I'd love to see Tom Holland. It can be a little bit older, but still yes. fun. Like, I think that could work. But yes. I would want this to be a live-action film. Ooh, uh, nice. It's like, just set it in New York, and you got these CG dinosaurs, and I want Andy Serkis to play all the dinosaurs. <laughs> Patrick Warburton voices, but Andy Serkis does mocap for it. Yes. And then I guess if you're doing that, then I would want um, Captain New Eyes and uh, Professor Screw Eyes to uh, be played by the same person. And for that, I would have Benedict Cumberbatch. Ooh, very nice. And you just made me think of playing multiple characters. I would love it if it was Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, I'd also love it if it was Brian Cranston. <laughs> Oh, uh, go from Malcolm in the Middle to Breaking Bad in the same scene. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Now we're going to go to the part of the show where we share with you our reasons to recommend. So, Grayson, why would you recommend We're Back, colon, a dinosaur's story? I would recommend We're Back, ampersand, a dinosaur's because it uh, ultimately is a story of love and friendship. Like they solve the problems with love and friendship. And it's just nice. It's just really nice the, you can tell that they're kind of pushing the envelope with uh, the technology that they're using here. The voice acting is really fun. It's a really condensed, what I feel like is a focused story um, because clocking in at 72 minutes, there's not a lot of wiggle room there. The source material is super short, so they didn't deviate too much from that after a certain point. I, I just think there's a lot of really nice components that are put together. And uh, I I honestly don't think it would have been made today for several reasons. Like just there, there are elements of it that feel decidedly 90s. Um, especially uh, around around the kids kind of just being on their own and like left in the city kind of thing. But um, it's a very fun movie. It's a movie that is solidly in its time. Um, but the, the story and the, the themes, I feel, are still relevant today. So it's worth checking out. So I'd recommend this movie uh, because it's, it's a fun dinosaurs story, um, especially for a, a family outing um or inning since it's on netflix um just it's a fun it's a fun cute story about how dinosaurs are cool and friendship is something that even a a being with a peanut sized brain can grasp the concept of and um yeah it's just fun and silly and the best John Goodman dinosaur movie 
that's out there. That's high praise. It's high praise. All right, and that is our review of We're Back, colon, a dinosaur apostrophe S's story. Uh, let us know what you remember about this movie on Twitter. We are at Flashback Flicks. We love having conversations with you over there. And we love talking to you guys about your headcanon, your theories, or your memories. We just love sharing it and having a conversation right over there. So please, conversation is encouraged. And uh, I'd be curious how you're able to adjust the meaning of the title by throwing in different punctuation <laughs> marks. Go crazy. Yeah. Yeah, question mark. We're back. A tilde. I don't even know what to do with that. Go nuts. It's It'll be fun. And it would mean a lot to us if you could leave us a review. And if you have already left a, a review previously, why don't you hop back and leave another one saying like how we have held up over time, uh, maybe since like your last listening of us. And if you are re-reviewing, let us know by saying, I'm back, yes. exclamation mark, a reviewer story. Yes. And then we'll know. Then yeah. we'll know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and on a scale of one to five screw eyes, oh. <laughs> how, how was this review? Mm. Or on a scale of one to five vegetarian hot dogs. Yes. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, fun fact, those animals that were obsessed with hot dogs were herbivores. Oh, man. Really got to cut loose. <laughs> like, have you had meat before? This is great. And be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind. And remember, Hudson Talbot is the children's book equivalent of Michael Crichton. Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Ricky, every once in a while, there's a movie that transcends expectations and penetrates the heart so deep that it can never be forgotten, but will constantly be remade. And it can't be ignored any longer. We've danced around it for three years now. Three years. Ricky, I think it's time the gloves come off and the paws go on. We're reviewing Airbud. Woof woof! <laughs> <laughs>